WONC Sports presents the Cardinal Podcast, the podcast for North Central College Athletics, with your hosts, Lucas Burris. High drive, deep right center field. That ball is back, 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 and gone. That ball is out of the 6-3-0. And Ryan Sartori. Kick out to Pearson, who finds Dessenberg in the corner for three. Providing you insight, recaps, and interviews of North Central College Athletics. It's your home for all things NCC sports. It's the Cardinal Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome in to episode three of the Cardinal Podcast, covering the previous week of action. March March 1 through 7. 1 through 7, 1st through the 7th. Just like a perfect month it is. In my, I think February was the perfect month, right? Where it went, like it started on a Monday and ended on a Sunday or something like that. Is that, is, is that perfect? So, so is that's that why, we're... yeah, because February 1st and March 1st were on the same, like this also on, we're both on a Sunday. Got it. Because it worked. I guess that would, it that would qualify kiss. perfect. Yes. Yeah, chef, chef's, chef's I like that. Yes. I like that a lot. Um, but a huge week in Cardinal sports to say the absolute least. Uh, we've got, we'll start off with uh, some national champion news. Uh, Lucas will have that here in just a second. But uh, we also have some season Seasons ending, seasons beginning, lots to get into today on episode three of the Cardinal podcast. But let's start where I where I just teased national champions, women's wrestling. Let's talk about it. I think what we should first do is say who you are. Who are you, Ryan? Oh, do we have to do that? So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's that's probably yeah. one of my biggest bugaboos as a as a broadcaster in general. Is like, oh, people know who I am, right? Like, they know my name. We Nobody are on knows episode who I am. three. <laughs> uh, well, I'm Ryan Sartori, and uh, my my co-host sitting alongside me, who's always reminding me to say my name, is uh, Mr. Lucas Burris. Yeah, I uh, I am indeed always here for you whenever you need me. I'm Lucas Burris, though. So let's do yeah. exactly what you wanted here. Let's go into some women's wrestling national championship individually but also great showing as a team um yeah women's wrestling they competed in the ncwwc that is the cliff key national collegiate women's wrestling championships this past weekend and it was a huge day for women's wrestling and only their second year as a program the North Central College women's wrestling team came away with a national champion. Elena McCoy was crowned the national champion, the first in the program's history at the 170-pound weight class. She is now a national champion runner-up and a national champion for first two years wrestling collegiately. And for our program, uh, the women's wrestling team finished sixth as a team. They came up with six All-Americans, but it was just a huge day. Um, and we sit here on National Women's Day. Yeah. Talking about this women's national championship for North Central College, it's just huge. It's huge what that wrestling program is doing, and it's so exciting. Elena McCoy, national champion. I mean, this is a this is a school renowned for its athletic uh, account- prowess. I think is what you right? Yeah, this is a school <laughs> renowned for its athletic prowess, and uh, for Elena McCoy, she's only adding to the long history uh, in terms of teams there's 40 championships dispersed amongst mm-hmm. different programs here at North Central and now we're adding individual uh, accomplishments to uh, Elena and that's that's so big and and how symbolic for it to be on Women's Day too like you said National Women's Day but something else I wanted to touch on is not only is she a national champion she finishes with a perfect 13 and0 record and uh, she really 
she handed it to people during oh, this absolutely. tournament. In the in the championship match, she beat Joy Lewandowski of McKendrick College twelve to one, a tech fall. Yeah, she ran through this entire year. She came in uh, ranked one. She finished one. It was uh, it was her championship to lose, as some would say. Yeah, she ran the gauntlet. She yeah. went through everything she had to go through. Uh, she was the number one woman in the country and she went out there and showed it this year and now she's on her way to the olympic trials and i think that's the the craziest part about this is she already went to the olympic trials uh last year um or a a few years ago i'm trying to remember in my brain correctly but um she already did it and it was kind of like she won the national championship and it was like i gotta go to women i gotta go to the olympic trials now like that's the you know like there's bigger and better things that's the mindset right and that's so cool and we should also note before we move on from women's wrestling uh not only did she do so well uh, but we also had amanda martinez finish in second place yep and asia nugent smith finished in third place which means that all three of those wrestlers qualify for the olympic trials which is a huge accomplishment again for this program that is still technically in its infancy in just its second year and uh as you said as you mentioned before six all americans and the qualifications for that basically you finish top eight in your respective weight class and there were six Cardinals that did that. Amanda Martinez, obviously, uh, Yelena McCoyed as well, Asia Nugent-Smith, Malia Palinuk, Matea Roll, and also Abby Denny. So huge, huge congratulations to those wrestlers that that yep. put on a great show yeah, and, I, and competed I would, well for this school. I would shout out here the coaching staffs for this Cardinal wrestling team on both the men's and women's side of uh, Coach Joe Norton and Coach Cook, you know, uh, the top two coaches there, Norton, the head coach, and Cook, the top assistant, just everything that they've done for this program. And it's in its infancy years, the first two years, uh, a top six team two years in a row at the national championship. Last year, they had two second place finishers. This year, they have a second and a first, a national champion. They are just a budding program on both the men's and women's side. But man, have they already built a powerhouse on this women's side. Most definitely. And also a good time to point out the fact that we have an interview with Joe Norton in episode one. Always good to go back and listen to that. Uh, we should note, too, that we have an interview coming up today with Coach Ryan Jump of Men and Women's Tennis, and we'll get to that in just a bit. But let's talk about women's basketball next. Who's, uh, th- their season did come to an end this past week. They played Milliken in the first round of the CCIW tournament and lost 86-70, to but this was a really interesting game. 86-70 to is a pretty decent score given the fact that they were, th- they were without two of their top post players and also their top guard, uh, one of their top guards in Allison Pearson. Basically, what unfolded over the past week for women's basketball is, is, is somewhat complicated, but I'll, I'll try my best to give it to you as straight as I can. <laughs> so last week, in the final week of regular season play, North Central played Wheaton. Now, Wheaton uh, last weekend came down with a positive case. One of their post players came down with a positive case. So what then happened for North Central is they contact traced and anybody who played 15 minutes or more in the games against Wheaton was forced into quarantine. When they found out that it was a post player that was the one affected by COVID-19, guards got to come out of quarantine and forwards had to stay in quarantine. Yep. Which was interesting. Um, So... Essentially, what ended up happening in this game against Milliken is Wheaton was disqualified. Everybody moved up one seed in the tournament, making North Central 8 and Milliken 1. That gave us the matchup. And 
North Central went into this game without Ishel Lewenberg, without Sadie Dracovic, without Allison Pearson, and a couple others as well. Uh, but there were some people who stepped up big time. El Sutter had 18 points, the freshman, 18 points, six field goals made. Hayden Braun had a great game to finish off her career as a Cardinal. So did Becca Foley. Both of them had 14. And Natalie Stavropoulos had some success as well, scoring seven points in 17 minutes so their season does come to an end but I will say moving into next year there should be lots of optimism surrounding this team because they're going to go in with a phenomenal senior class of Pearson, Lewenberg, and Maitree Smith as well. Yeah bright future for this uh, women's basketball program excited to continue to cover them uh, as it goes on it's so sad to see their season come to an end but you know, it's just been a tough year all around. And just being able to compete, that's what Coach Back said at the start of the year. Yeah. They're just glad they were able to compete. Yeah, this say year. what you want about them, but they really battled this yep. year. Uh, hopping on over to the men's side, just a quick note they did not play um, this week due to COVID 19 protocols, and their season has come to an end as well. Uh, we talked about that a little bit last week, that this is what we expected uh, given the news that was coming out. Uh, but the men's basketball team did indeed um, get contact trace, had to go through COVID protocols, and was not allowed to compete That's right. uh, in the CCIW tournament. So uh, it's a finish of their season as well. So uh, North Central College basketball is over for this year. Um, so we'll look forward to next. Uh, but on to the spring sports uh, is where we go. And speaking of going on to the spring sports, let's hop into volleyball. Uh, volleyball two, played two matchups this week, first against North Park and then against Augustana. The North Park matchup went a little bit better. They defeated North Park three sets to none, winning 25-20, to 25-20, and 25-21. to 21. Uh, Jared Moser had 13 kills, four blocks, and an ace uh, in the victory for that first one for the Cardinals. Then they moved on to playing Augustana. And uh, it didn't go as well for our uh, men's volleyball as they ended up dropping three sets to one versus the Augustana Vikings. They lost the first set 25-22, lost the second set 25-18, then won the third set 25-15, and then lost the fourth set 25-21. to And what I want to talk about here is I talked to Tyler Donovan, uh, who's our resident volleyball player here in our WNC Sports Department. Him and Jared Moser. Yeah. Jared Moser is here. <laughs> Jared Moser is less active. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. That is true. Uh, uh, but he is Sticks, here as well. Sticks is definitely more active here with the, uh, the sports department. Sticks uh, being Tyler Donovan. Yeah. So the what happened in that uh, volleyball game is they we got down pretty uh, – they got down the first two sets to Augustana, and they were just playing from behind. They played slow. It was a tough game. I was talking to him. You know, I asked him what happened. They had a lot of errors in that first those first two sets. Had a huge third set. Set and he was like, you know, and you've said it before, like me. To, he was saying this to me, and that's hard to understand. But um, he was like, it's very difficult to win that third set after losing the second one. So that the fact that we were able to do that, and by such a large margin, uh, they felt like they were in a good position. And then they came out and they were losing the fourth set, and then they had a half hour delay due to a rules violation by their team. They got out of rotation, had a half hour delay to look at it, and it completely took the what? wins out of there. So yeah, they end up losing. Uh, three points, had to give the other team one point. Uh, I was trying to explain, um, Tyler was trying to explain this to me, and like he was like, I've played volleyball for 14 years, and I didn't even understand it. Um, but yeah, so that fourth set, they ended up losing a few points. They were they were down like 18 to 13, and then after it came out, they were down like 19 to 12, or like 19, 10, or something like that. He said. Yeah. And it was wild. You want to talk about pace of play. Yeah, that's like Jeez a half-hour delay. So they ended up getting back real late, and um, I was talking to Tyler about that as well. But just... Uh, ended up being a loss, and it, it kind of took the wins out of sales there. But 
they got down the first two sets, and that was kind of the, the nail in the coffin right there. So ended up losing to Augustana three sets to one. They dropped to five and two, four and two in the CCIW. Uh, Augustana improves to six and three, five and one in the CCIW. Uh, and the uh, men's volleyball team will be back in action this coming Wednesday as they face off against Loris College. On to women's lacrosse. Well, both lacrosses, right? Uh, and we'll we'll start with women's, as I as I mentioned. And uh, they played against the ugly cousins down the street, Benedictine, on the third <laughs> of March, and trounced them twenty-two to two. The final score. The shot differential is something to look at here. Thirty-eight shots for North Central, ten for Benedictine. Yeah, it was a, it was a huge game there, and I want to actually. If you're going to highlight shots, I want to highlight the uh, women's lacrosse goalie, uh, Abigail Wide. She had uh, two saves uh, and two goals against uh, in the game. Um, you're going to have a big one when when you only have to face four shots on goal. Yeah, no, most definitely. And she uh, she stood tall. She, she did a great job. Uh, going down the list of uh, some standout players from this game, Abby Triby had seven goals and two assists. And Grace Steiner, she's actually, uh, which is kind of cool, Grace is one of my preceptors for a psychology class that I'm in, so I, I sometimes get to talk to her about uh, about lacrosse. Yep. She had three goals, and she was also saying that they were very excited to play the, uh, as I said, the ugly cousins down the street yeah. in Benedictine, and how good of them to just absolutely trounce them. And then we move on to men's lacrosse, where they played MSOE, and that was on the, the 6th. North Central winning that one 13 to 5. Shot differential there 49 in favor of the Cardinals, 20 for MSOE. Nick Rubino had five goals and an assist. Jack Moran, two goals and one assist as well. And Patrick Franzen had a goal to his name as well. The Cardinals are 1 0, and that moves MSOE to 0 and 3. And who would have known it? I'm a poet. <laughs> That's uh, men's and women's lacrosse. Let's hop on over to women's triathlon. They had a big week this week, their only competition of the year. They went down to uh, Clearmont, Florida for the Clearmont Draft Legal Challenge, uh, and it, they swept the podium for D3 opponents. They Legally. Came they swept it legally yeah (laughs) Uh, they swept the podium for uh d3 opponents they finished first as a team and uh got one two and three as a team on the podium uh nicole huff was the first d3 competitor to cross the finish line she did so in one hour eight minutes and 34.6 seconds coming in in second place uh was anika kotner she posted an overall time of one hour eight minutes and 56.3 seconds and then naomi hill followed her with one hour 13 minutes and 19 seconds all in the top three for d3 competitors uh, that is it that's uh that's their team competition this year it was a great showing by the women's triathlon two-time ncaa or three-time ncaa um division three national champions so um that's a big program for us and it's good to see them getting a competition in yeah and i mean how awesome of an athlete must you be to be a triathlon runner or com- competitor right because there's Obviously, three different aspects to the triathlon. I I have all the respect in the world for for people uh, who who run competitively or who do like the triathlon stuff competitively because I know for a fact I could never no ever not. do that competitively. You know, uh, and that's swimming, biking, and running. Like one, I'm good. Yeah, one's <laughs> enough. Yeah, like I I mean I could ride the bike for a while. I could swim for a while. The running part really trips me up. But uh, let's move on to. The focused on the yeah. running. <laughs> <laughs> track and fields up next. Men, men's track and field. They uh, had a 
dual meet against the Blue Jays, an indoor home finale for this team, and that was on Friday the 6th. And in that one, the 12th-ranked Cardinals swept six field events led by pole vaulter Gavin Carr, who soared to a personal best clearance of 14 feet 7 and a half inches. The triple jumper, Kendall Johnson, uh, also extended a personal best mark, uh, triple jumping 47 inches uh, 47.75 inches. That's an interesting number to yeah. look at when it's written. I was looking at those numbers before as well, and I was like, these are way too many numbers for a, a feet and inches <laughs> kind of ruling. One of our best athletes on campus, Nick Janka, cleared his high jump of six, six feet, six inches, and then... Point seven five. I don't even know how to say <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, six feet, six inches, point seven five inches. Exactly. Right. Yes. Correct. Got it. <laughs> and then uh, to round out some of the other events, uh, Gabe Pomier won by more than 16 seconds in the mile run with a four minute, nine second, 39 tenths of Point, a second yeah, mile. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Great work. <laughs> Look at me go. I got all the, the things. And then we move on to women's track uh, who claimed nine first place finishes in the duel against Elmhurst. The Cardinals are ranked 19th in the nation right now as a team. Maddie Bobinski was a, a competitor in the shot put on Friday and she hit a mark of 42 feet, 11.75 inches. Jenny Yekish had a winning time in the 800 meter of 2 minutes, 19 seconds, nearly 2 minutes and 20 seconds. Kate Bonney had a time of 25.8 in the 200 meter dash. And we move on down the list. I mean, we could sit here yeah. and say names and times forever regarding the track and field teams because they are just so good. We'll round out things with the 400 meter dash where Bonnie, Faith Layden, Annie Brandt, and Fiorella Goscelli won in the 4 by 400 meter relay in a time of 4 minutes, 13 seconds. Yeah, so that uh, rounds out our men's and women's track and field. They'll be back in competition uh, Saturday, March 13th for their CCIW Elite Invite as that capped off their regular season. Let's hop on over to baseball, Ryan. Baseball. Yeah, the uh, it, it was just yeah, a dream. Yesterday just, was, uh, been, was a dream. Yeah, I, I'll do game one. You can have game two. I think that makes the most sense. Yeah, that's how we did play-by-play <laughs> play yesterday, right? Yesterday. If you didn't hear us, we, uh, uh, we had the games uh, on yesterday, Sunday, uh, for the Cardinal baseball action. They faced off against Ribbon College at Fun Field in Wheaton, which is in Carroll Stream. It's Wheaton's home baseball park. Uh, blah, 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 blah. North Central played Ripon yesterday. Yes. And uh, it was a Ripon on a Ripon. Ripon good time. It was a Ripon good time, that's for sure. North Central won game one 12 to nothing. Uh, and it was a uh, seven-inning contest. They won by 10-run rule. Charlie Clem pitched in the game, uh, going five innings and uh, striking out nine batters. Should be noted he was on a, p- a, pitch, a pitch count, count. too, because he's going to go against Adrian on Friday. And the, the star of the game in uh, game one on the batting side was Justin Rios, who went three for four with two runs and two RBIs as the North Central men's uh, baseball team uh, won 12-0 in game one. And then we'll move on to game two, and uh, we'll do some some double-header totals here, too. Uh, Luke Lamb was the starting pitcher in this one, went six innings, had 13 strikeouts. As a staff, altogether, the Cardinals pitching staff had 29 strikeouts in 14 innings of work, and it took them, I believe, 
five or six pitchers to get through the day, and that was with Ed Matthew doing some uh, some fun we, pitching we had changes three to end game pitchers two. with one out in the in the bottom of the or the top of the seventh. Yeah, and and we should we should note at the college level these are nine inning games. The yep. Cardinals slaughtered Rippon twice, uh, twelve to nothing the first game, twelve to one in the second game, and uh, the offense got started with Joe Rizzo in the first inning of game two with a three run home run into the left field power alley over the three sixty five marker, and that was we noted on the broadcast his second home run of his career at North Central. Yeah, and I thought that I you couldn't believe it. I thought it was wild because you know sticking around Joe Rizzo for a while i remember back in the day he would be like i just i just never goes out like i come so close i hit one freshman year and i didn't get one and then he hit that one on sunday and i was like oh my god <laughs> oh my god yeah it was it was a good one justin rios was probably the the offensive player of the day going yep. five for eight three rbis he had a monster day in the two hole and the other thing that we need to touch on quickly is uh the injury status of jared wojcik the cardinal right fielder who went down with what he told me is a dislocated knee which not as serious as we uh, were concerned. We were concerned about ACL on the broadcast. That happened in game one, I believe, um, where he he was just swinging uh, at a pitch and looked like his is it literally looked like his knee popped, which would make sense if he well, just his knee his knee did pop. <laughs> yeah. There were there were a couple uh, of uh, cardinal. Co- members of the cardinal coaching staff that uh, came up to us after the after the game and said, "Did you hear the pop?" Yeah. Which you know is always concerning, but luckily not as serious as it could have been. Definitely a serious injury. Weeks of uh, of therapy ahead for for Wojcik. Physical therapy, I should say, uh, not mental therapy. Yeah. Uh, well, but Luke Lennon took over for. Excuse me, Luke Lennon <laughs> took yeah. over for him and had himself a game in date in game two, going two for four, scoring two runs and two RBIs, and got to showcase some of that first-class speed that he brings not only to the Cardinals baseball team, but also to the football team as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, A great just output by the Cardinals team in these two games. They scored 24 total runs in 14 innings, only gave up one a combined and it was a garbage time run yeah. too like no, yeah. it was just a breaking ball that squirted through Rizzo's legs because he was in to take over for Marinek Marinek had already caught uh upwards of 13 innings that day so Rizzo came in to take over and he let one through the wickets and that that scored the run so we'll bust his chops for that one yeah. huh? <laughs> oh absolutely uh if you hit home run in the game Joe Rizzo we can make, get mad at you for having a basketball <laughs> it's it's a cancel situation no but a great day for uh Cardinals baseball in this one uh let's hop on over to tennis uh because that's going to be our last recap before we hop into our interview with tennis head coach ryan jump we'll start on the women's side here yeah and not to spoil anything uh but we did talk to uh ryan jump about this matchup against chicago state he was very excited for his team to go up and 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 play this program because they are division one and this was going to show the 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 strengths of of his team and how far they have come Uh, unfortunately for both men and women's they did they did fall the women's side falling six to one in the 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 team slate and the men's team falling falling seven to nothing number one doubles elena kathafixi and hannah hoagland lost six to one number two doubles malena edquiban and sydney sawyer uh, lost in their match six to nothing we'll move on and look at uh, number one singles for the women's tennis team kalei smashe faced uh christina pukaheva and, and she lost in three sets six three two six and eight to 10. Uh, and then we'll move on to the men's side of things where, again, I, I did mention as a team, they lost seven to nothing. 
But in the number one doubles, Guillermo Gonzalez and Andy Hinch dropped their match to Peja Kalorik and Jacob Zamorski, four to six, onto singles where Javier Suarez lost to Javier Sanchez, two to six, six to seven in two sets. And we'll finish with number two singles, Guillermo Gonzalez dropping his match against Jesus Perez. Two to six and four to six in two sets. Uh, up next for the Cardinal tennis team is UW Whitewater, and that will be on the 20th. Yeah, so let's hop on into our Ryan Jump interview. That's what's next on the agenda here for the Cardinal podcast. Uh, we're going to have an interview with head coach of the men's and women's tennis, Ryan Jump. It was a great interview. We, Me and Ryan both enjoyed it uh, so much, but we'll just hop right into it. Uh, here we go with our interview with head coach of men's and women's tennis here at North Central, Ryan Jump. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Cardinal Podcast. This will be episode three now. Uh, special little thing we got going on here today, our second interview for the Cardinal Podcast. Highly requested man himself. Uh, head coach of men's and women's tennis here at North Central, Coach Ryan Jump. Hello, Coach Jump. Guys, how are you? Doing pretty good. We're better now. Excited to have you on the podcast. Uh, you should know uh, the highly requested part of that intro is is very true. We had uh, people reach out and say, we, we want to hear from Coach Jump uh, because you're doing a phenomenal job with uh, both the men and women's teams right now and uh what they're being able to do no losses on the year uh and and things have only been going up since 2019 so we're excited to get into all of that and and hear how you've been crafting this program no i appreciate it so i'm looking forward to it It should be fun yeah i hope we have a i hope we have a good time you know (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's that's the baseline right the main point um Um, maybe a, a good place to start lucas would be uh talking about the overhaul that you've had to do uh, since coming in, in in 2018, what have been what have been some of the major things that you, Coach Jump, have done to turn this program around or at least make it yours? Yeah, I mean, I think it was we kind of came in, my staff and I, well, GAs and I, I came in with a, a new dynamic in, in 2017 when I started it. You know, our women's team was virtually eight new women on the team. Um, you know, we had um, one or two returners. Um, from the squad from the year before, but everyone else knew they were freshmen or new transfers. So we kind of, you know, got to paint the picture of how really however we wanted to, which was, you know, a nice adjustment. And, you know, we kind of took it and, and put in our, our culture the way we wanted to. And then we were able to run with it, you know, how we see fit. Um, and you kind of look at the guy's side of things. And, you know, we, we had a veteran group. We graduated a few guys from that year before, but um, we had a bunch of sophomores, juniors, and seniors on that team that. Know, we're, we're amped up and ready to go and, and we had some great leaders that bought in on day one of what we wanted to do and, and how we were going to be successful and um, you know it's a, a huge testament to them as to kind of where we are today um, because you know there's so much that we do with both programs together um, whether that's practicing at the same time or you know going on road trips or spring break or all that stuff you know coaching you know two teams in one program especially with such a small roster size it's so easy to do everything together and, and those guys that, that helped lead our men's team um, did a really good job of bringing the, the women along too and, and getting us to where we are today. So really can't do a lot of it without them. Yeah, you're, you're at the point with these two teams where um, the accolades are just rolling in at this point. 
when you started in uh, 2018, uh, both teams well under 500. And then since then, um, you've gone well over 500 in the years uh, since. You're 60 and 22 uh, in the past three seasons. What specifically uh, has just changed within the program that you've implemented in that time? Yeah, um, you know, I, I think the culture has, has really been in and, and been, you know, when we go out and recruit the student athletes that we're looking for, we find fatal for talent. And, and, you know, we've been lucky enough to have, you know, the, the, the fit also be very talented as well. So, um, you know, the, the pieces have kind of meshed really well together. But we're looking for people that can, you know, come in and, and buy into what we're doing and have that family culture. And, and tennis is, you know, it's pretty much has always been an individualistic sport, you know, whether you're looking at the professional level or, or in juniors or anything like that. So college tennis is really kind of that only barrier that has that team atmosphere outside of, you know, Davis Cup on the professional side. So, um, you know, getting getting these student athletes to buy into that team culture and that they're doing something that's bigger than themselves in a sport like tennis is, you know, it, it could come off as, as, as challenging and, and we've been able to do that really well. But, you know, at, at the same time, we're in a really niche market for tennis. You know, April goes a, a big country club sport up with golf and tennis and swim and things like that. You know, we've been able to, to hit that big and sell that big and um, on top of that being located in our region to, to schedule tough without having to travel too far from home has been, um, you know, a pretty significant task for us to get the competition that we need to play. So when we get to the conference season, you know, we're ready to go. So it's it's interesting that you that you bring up Naperville as a selling point for um, tennis and, and recruiting tennis players. Um, how exactly do you utilize that in, in the recruiting process uh, using kind of like the affluence of the area to say like hey like tennis is really big here yeah i think um you know when, when we look into it we actually don't hit too many neighborhood kids um in our general recruiting process obviously we go after all of them but you know you, you find a lot of these kids going to those scholarship schools those d1 these d2s i mean neighborville central won boy state title i want to say two or three years ago so it's, it's relatively recent and uh, but no, we we saw the we saw the little hub of Naperville as a you know a kind of like that Chicago land tennis mecca based off you know the results that juniors have had coming out of here the the amount of facilities and opportunities that um, you know the the city provides you know tennis players and 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 how much it's hit and and kind of some some opportunities outside of that whether it's in work and, and teaching outside of your you know as a job outside of your class time and uh, practice and things like that. Um, and also just, you know, the area itself and, and things to do and, and tennis players like being in a suburban area. And I think that that's kind of, you know, hit us big and, and we've been exploiting that big time. Yeah, that's, I think that's huge of just your selling point and your recruiting wise. Um, you're definitely doing a great job there. I think that's, you already said, it's one of your focal points of how you've uh, improved this team. But focusing in on this year now, both teams undefeated, uh, the women at 3-0, and the men at 4-0. and First and foremost, just uh, what's gone well this season? Why are you in this position that you're in right now? Yeah, um, you know we've been we've been really fortunate to have I would say 99% of our kids come back. Um, you know, in a, in an uncertain pandemic year, I think we left a little bit a little bit. Um, I'm not going to say you know upset or, or pissed off or anything that we got cut short last year, but you can kind of feel that in practices and in matches. I think you know. We had a men's team last year that was really young but really talented and wanted to prove themselves. They had a great fall and a great start to the winter, even though we played a bunch of tough teams. And, you know, the women added 
a transfer and, and a couple of really good freshmen and, and we were in the hunt last spring and, and I would say now on paper we, we've really got a shot. We have all the horses in the race that we want to have winning it and I, I think we're right there. So, you know, these teams are hungry and but I think first and foremost we're treating this as almost any other year. I mean, yeah, we're in a pandemic and we're hopeful to be playing and you know, we're we're grateful for the opportunities that our administration and everyone has given us in order to go out there and practice and compete. But you know, we're still treating it like it's business as usual. I mean, we get to go out and have an opportunity to compete. We're going to go out and compete hard, and, and that's the beauty of tennis. You know, it's not that high risk of a contact sport. You know, you're 78 feet apart from your opponent. Um, so really, a lot of what we do hasn't really changed too much in, in kind of how we operate. So um, we've been fortunate that way, but, you know, our, our kids are all really excited to go out and and every day treat it like it's, you know, kind of like their last day because you never know when, you know, things can go south again. Yeah, I think um, um, you, you talk about the rosters essentially staying similar to what they, they were last year. I look at your, your number one women's doubles team with uh, Elena and Hannah, and I, that that's a powerhouse in this conference in and of itself. And then you split them up and you got a, a really good one-two punch for singles, too. Uh, and, and on the men's side too, I, I'm fairly certain that uh, that both uh, Guillermo and um, I think it's Andy and Andy were here last year too, right? Yeah. So yeah, we've we've been really fortunate. With, and I'll let me go one step further on our women's side. Kaylee has come in at, at semester and has, well, when she's healthy, is still in that number one single spot really well, which you know evidently helps pushing everyone down a spot, but. Yeah, we, we're kind of interchangeable. We can kind of mix and match kind of what we want to do, where we want to do it, and, and know that we're still going to have a shot against anyone in our region. So, um, and then that, you know, that's that's a blessing. And, and, and the big thing that I was kind of hesitant about coming in with a bunch of veterans, really on both sides now, is, you know, th- there's not an ego to tennis, but it, playing a spot, you know, kind of means something more or less. I mean, it's a lineup spot, but it's a spot more or less. And, you know, we were kind of hesitant on, on how people were going to buy into, hey, maybe having a little bit of a decreased role or an increased role, you know, depending on how this team shook up. And um, everyone has bought in really well. Um, I think that, you know, we kind of preach and practice that, hey, the, the spot that you play in the lineup is just the number court that you go to and the number of the ball says on, you know, on, on the belt. And and that's kind of what we've been preaching to them. And, and they bought into it really well. And I think the results have been speaking for itself. So. Um, we've been really excited about you know how this winter and spring has gone so far. Yeah, well, I I think one match that I want to bring up is when you guys traveled to Holland, Michigan to play Hope. That was a, a huge matchup for you guys because uh, Hope is, is a really great program uh, in general. They, they do well in basketball as well as in, in tennis as well. And, and you won both of those. That's got to be a huge accomplishment for this team and for yourself as a coach as well. Yeah, um, you know, um, we'll, we'll start on the women's side with that trip. Um, first off, that was a lot of fun, you know, our RAD gym. Uh, we got to ride the coach bus for the first time ever, and our kids were a little spoiled by it, but it was it was a really unique experience. Um, but, yeah, we, we got up there, and, and we played Hope in Florida on the women's side about a year and a half ago, uh, my second year. So in the spring of 19, we played them, and we lost 9-0, and we took one set. Um, so we knew we had our work cut out for us. They're typically a top 25 team nationally on the women's side. And, um, but we knew that we were ready to go. And I thought that we had enough pieces to, you know, put the puzzle together and, and come out of there with a win. And, you know, we went down 2-1 after doubles. And, you know, things kind of looked bleak starting singles. I think we only took two first sets out of the six. And, um, you know, our, our kids fought through. Our, both our freshmen won um, real tight matches. Um, and, 
our returners and Sid and Elena, you know, came through at three and five and, and a couple tight wins and Elena clinched it for us at three. Um, and, and arguably a match that, you know, could have gone either way. And I think that, you know, we played well enough in singles to, to pull away with it. And that's definitely one that I think our girls will remember for a long time. And on our guys' side, um, you know, the last couple of weeks, our girls have played before the men and um, they've had a couple of real tight barn burners. And I told them, I said, hey, no pressure, but you got to outdo, you know, what the women are doing. And, um, you know, they've been able to ring the bell on that a couple of times. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, the, the energy is contagious. And, and when everyone's out there, I mean, not trying to one-up each other, but in the same sense, you know, trying to one-up each other, um, you know, it, it's going to create some healthy, hungry competition. And um, I think the results have yielded our way from that. So we've been we've been fortunate. Yeah, absolutely. With what you've been able to do so far this year, uh, coming in off of success the previous few years, being super successful this year so far, what goals have you set forth uh, for this team, both individually and as a team? Yeah, um, I think first and foremost, being in a, in a weird year like this with the pandemic, um, I think our goal is to end this year healthy um, and, and play every single match that's on our schedule. Um, and if something gets pulled off, it's not because of our doing. I think that's our, our goal and expectation, first and foremost, on both teams. And, you know, we'll see what happens. But um, I, I think in terms of if you look on the tennis side of things, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic that spring championships are going to happen across the board. Um, I only say that, you know, because you look at all these sports, they're all outdoors and they're all relatively distant. So, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic for, for what can happen with that. And, but, you know, I think we can control what we can control. And I think that's our first goal. And, and with that being said, I think a conference championship on both sides would be our, would be our goal. It's not an overall end all do all. And I don't think that, you know, you can go out there and expect that, but our, our kids know you know, what exactly they need to do to, to achieve that goal. And granted, no one on this team has done that yet. But, um, I, you know, I really think that our, our group has, has bought into what, you know, we're trying to set up for for them. And, and our schedule has, in our non-conference, has opened up the door in, in conference to be successful. So I'd say our conference championship as a team is our main goal. And individually, you know, stay healthy, um, continue to be great teammates. Um, you know, I think we have a lot of opportunities to get three or four kids on each team into the all CCIW performers this year. I think, you know, we, we have a real shot at uh, possibly getting a CCIW player of the year in there somewhere, but, you know, we'll see. Those are all individual athletes that are all really cool, but at the end of the day, if, if conference titles are goal, I think that's our, our first and foremost push front there. I think what's what's really cool about doing the interview where you guys you guys have a couple of matches under your belts is this optimism that you have is is backed up by consistent play already. And so it's not just like, oh, this is what we hope to do. You you guys are already setting forth and, and, and doing a lot of that. And it's uh, it, it's it's really cool to see from uh, from a broadcaster's perspective as well. Uh, something that I wanted to to ask about was last year, the on campus tennis courts. Uh, we're, we're turned into a, a parking lot and you guys started playing more consistently at uh, Nike Park. Is that something that you can you can talk about that transition for the team? Yeah, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's been difficult for us. Um, and, you know, um, I'll, I'll be the first to say that I don't think the courts were in, in great playable shape. And I thought, you know, I, I supported our admin in, in the decision to go ahead and, and remove those. And I, I think that at, at the end of the day, I think it's made our team tougher. Um, I, I don't think it's made anything easier for us by any means, but, um, you know, I, I, I try to say that we're, we do more with less, and, and, and that's kind of our motto. We, we've always tried to be a, a blue-collar program and, and work hard and, and take what, you know, is given to us and, and run with it. And, you know, at the same time, we can say that we're spoiled and we get all this indoor opportunity and, and get to do a lot of other things that a lot of schools in our conference don't have. And, and you know, you could say that that's a trade-off, but 
Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's not an ideal situation to not have a facility on campus, but again, being in Naperville and, and having a lot of other opportunities to go out there and, and still practice and compete at a high level and have a staff that's you know, willing to go off campus and, and help our kids in individual settings or in team practices or, um, you know, having close proximity, whether we go to Naperville Central or Nike Park or Bennett or wherever we've been going um, to go get our reps in, um, you know, we've bought into it. And it's not ideal, it's not comfortable, but, you know, we do it and, and we'll do it with no problem. So, um, you know, it, it just makes everything a little bit sweeter in the end if, if we can pull off what we're trying to shoot for, um, you know, with, with you know, kind of the circumstances that we have. But no, I don't think there's any negative to it. I think, you know, it's just the cards that we're dealt and, and we run with the punches. Yeah, speaking of uh, adversity, of course, every team, every program, every sport has go- had to go on through the adversity that is COVID with everything that's going on right now. Um, how has your team tackled that? What have you implemented? What have you been able to do uh, through these two pandemic seasons? Yeah, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been difficult. Um, you know, I think you've seen um, you know, a lot more, I'm not going to say a lot more caution with, you know, the higher risk sports, the higher contact sports, but um, we, we understand that with a smaller roster, we have a lot less wiggle room, um, you know, to kind of, you know, mess around with contact tracing and, and things like that. So, you know, our, our student athletes have done a really, really good job of, of not bubbling themselves, but, you know, being cautious of the situations that they're putting themselves in. Um, you know, our, our commuters are, are doing a really good job of, of making sure that if they do have an off-campus job or they're living at home, that, you know, their families are helping keeping them safe as well. And um, if our student-athletes are rooming with someone out in the team, that, you know, they're just being socially responsible as well. And, and I think that that's, you know, the least, of, um, you know, our, our program can do for ourselves and, and for each other, but, you know, for other sports as well as, you know, keeping our, our nose out of it so everyone else can, can play too. And, and that's kind of, you know, been our, our goal and focal point as, as we've gone through this spring. Something that uh, that I wanted to to bring it back to uh, was was your playing days, right? Because you were <laughs> four time All CCIW, two time national qualifier, uh, and you're also the all time winningest player in. Uh, Carthage history. I, I was going to say uh, a different name, but they're the Firebirds <laughs> now. So, uh, the the all time winningest player in in, in Carthage history. Um, what from your playing days do you remember most that you try to teach your players today? Yeah. Um, first off, I mean, and, and what we try, to, what I try to tell them all the time is, you know, if I could go back and take those four years, I would do it in a heartbeat, um, and I would trade positions with any single one of them any second of the day. If they, you know, if they let me, I know they never would, but you know, I, I don't for it right now. But I, I tell them almost exactly that: like, you get four years to do this, and the last thing you want to do is look back in 5, 10, 15 years and and think that, oh, I wasted this or I made a mistake with this or I didn't get to fulfill this in, in my fullest, you know, my fullest potential. And, and that's what, you know, we tell recruits too is like, hey, when you look back at this in 5, 10, 15 years, you want this to be a home run decision. Like you want to look back with no regrets and, and no thoughts whatsoever. And, and that's, you know, what we're telling our, our student athletes too is listen, like, um, you know, you don't have to be the, the biggest, the strongest, the, and, and I'm sitting here at 5'5", 130 telling you that, but, um, you know, it, you put in the extra work and, and you have great teammates around you that are going to push you to get better. You're going to find the opportunities for yourself to succeed. And, um, you know, we were fortunate enough at Carthage during my junior and senior year to win the conference title. And a lot of what we do in our practices emulates from what, you know, Brady ran in our teams at Carthage. And, um, you know, his, his results and accolades speak for himself. So, um, 
you know, we, we try to, we obviously have our own twist. We do things our own way. And I, I think that that's what separates us from a lot of other teams. But, um, you know, to treat every day like it's a unique one and to look back at it when you're all done and say that this was the best decision I made and I don't regret it is, is something our kids try to focus on and practice every single day. It's trying to get better every day and, um, you know, looking back at it and, and knowing that it's, it's exactly what you wanted to do. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to be remiss if I don't ask you. How do you feel about the Firebirds name? I'm so happy to ask this question. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, from, from the names that I heard that were the finalists, I think it was the Fire, the Firebirds, and, and the Lakehawks. Yeah, the Lakehawks. Lakehawks were our favorite. I think Lakehawks would have been my pick, too. Yeah. And, and I think if you ask um, you know, some people that had a, a horse in the race, I think they would have said the same thing. Uh, all because of the lake, you know, ties to it. I, I understand Firebird because of the color scheme, and I'm not against that. I think it'll be a fine name. I think we're in a society that no one likes change, right? Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, I hate this. This is so stupid. Well, you know, I don't think anyone's going to be saying that in two or three years. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. I'm not against it. But um, I, I understand why they made the change, and, and I'm not disappointed in that for that reason at all. Well, and, and, and now it turns the conference into either you're a bird uh, some type of warrior or a color, uh, if you're Milliken. So uh, <laughs> at least they fit the mold a little bit better now. Um, does that add to any of the the previously standing rivalry between you two? You got a little battle of the birds now. Anything going on in that sense? Uh, yeah, we, we set up an invite already on the men's side next fall. So we're doing a battle of the birds. It'll be a four-team invite. Us, <laughs> Illinois Tech, Whitewater, and Carthage. Um, Ooh. We're going to go up to Kenosha and do it. And- um, you know, there's a tie between all four of us coaches. Eric at Illinois Tech was my GA um, for my junior and senior year while Brady was the coach there. And um, Eric played for Frank. And um, my decision for college came between Whitewater and Carthage, which turned out to be Brady and Frank. So we all kind of have a, a little tie together. Now we're all burned. So we're, we're going to make it work and we're going to play that next September. So I think that'll be a, a really good, you know, step for our men to play in that before we had the ITA. So. Uh, but no, there will always be a, a little special rivalry when we go to Kenosha or whatever they come down here, regardless of what their nickname is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, Competition-wise, though, uh, as I take us back on track here, um, what are you looking forward to in competitions this year? Uh, you just talked about the Battle of the Birds next, next year, but uh, any competitions on the rest of your schedule that you're really looking forward to? Yeah, um, obviously, you know, I think we you look at every time you get to play Division One play, and I think that's really exciting. And, and on Friday, we're going to head up to Park uh, Forest to play Chicago State. Um, the men will play at noon, the women will play at three. And, um, you know, it's always a really good opportunity to go out and, and play Division One play, you know, regardless of, you know, whether they're in, uh, a low mid-major or in a power five, you know, it, it's always a, a good experience to go out there and, and kind of see what you have against, you know, arguably the, the nation's best collegiately and in their highest division. So it's going to be exciting there. You know, and then we have the weekend off on the 13th. I think we're going to keep it off. I don't think we're going to add anyone there. Um, you know, we, we go play Whitewater, again, another nationally ranked team. Um, on the 19th and 20th, the women go up there, the men come down here. So um, we're looking forward to that. And then we kick off conference play. And, um, you know, and then regardless of, of where our conference stands, I think we're going to be one of the deeper leagues that we've had in the last five or or 10 years within our conference on, on both sides. Um, so there's really never an easy night in, in the conference when we go and play, but, um, you know, we're really excited to finally, you know, our men's side, 90% of our guys haven't played a conference match before. I mean, our season cut short before we started there. 
um, and our women are, are kind of hungry to prove themselves as, as a group of returners. So um, really looking forward to um, the last nine matches kind of having our schedule before going to the conference tournament. Well, I, I think we're we're all really excited to see how you guys do. I know we will be keeping up uh, consistently with your guys' successes this year. Uh, it, it, that's what we're hoping for anyway, right? It's tons of success. You guys are undefeated on the season so far. We, we obviously hope that that continues. Uh, but I, I want to bring up uh, University Wisconsin at Whitewater. Make sure you guys got to pick up the W there because uh, I don't know if you remember the last time a North Central team played uh, UW-Whitewater – uh, it, it was a pretty big deal. It was it was kind of a beatdown, if I remember. <laughs> I, I that that is that is correct. So let's let's keep that trend the same. Uh, I'm excited to see what you guys do coming up, Coach Jump. Thanks a uh, thanks a bunch. Yeah, we appreciate it, guys. Yep. Thanks for having me on, and, and look forward to following everything that you guys do. You guys are doing a great job. Yeah, so thank you. Thank you so much, Coach. You're welcome back uh, anytime. But yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, good luck. That's all I got. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Uh, appreciate you following us. That was our interview with men's and women's tennis coach here at North Central College, Ryan Jump. Thanks again, Coach Jump, for doing the interview with it with us. It was a, it was an absolute fantastic time. Um, so thank you. And, uh, like I said, you're welcome back anytime. Yeah. And it, this is also another important opportunity to tell our listeners, if you have somebody that you want to hear from, whether it's a player, whether it's a coach, whether it's staff here, right? A, a trainer. I think we're going to have uh, one of the head trainers on here very soon on the podcast. If you have somebody that you want to hear from, we will do our darndest to get them on the podcast. Make sure you reach out. Follow us at WONC Sports on Twitter, and you can reach out to us there. Actually, the interview with Ryan Jump was done because somebody suggested that we talk to Coach Jump. <clears throat> and I'll clear my throat. <laughs> I felt it going. I was like, oh, yeah, I, I felt it coming. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's just keep on going here. Let's hop into what's coming up this week in NCC athletics for the week of March 8th through March 14th. We don't have any competitions uh, Monday and Tuesday, but let's hop on over to Wednesday. On Wednesday, women's lacrosse will face off against Aurora at 4.30 p.m. Men's lacrosse will face off against Benedictine at 7 p.m. And men's volleyball will face Loris at 7 p.m. On Friday, we've got men's wrestling at the NWCA Nationals. I'm sure Lucas will have a lot to tell you about that as he as we fill you in on championships right after this week's schedule. Men's volleyball, excuse me, we already said men's <laughs> volleyball. Uh, also on Friday, though, the 12th, baseball, Cardinal baseball, the number 6th six, ranked team in the nation, goes up against number 19, Adrian College at 2 p.m. in Indiana. This is a big game because... On this Adrian College team is the number one D3 prospect in the country, Mo Hanley. And I know Charlie Clem is very, very excited to throw the ball to Mo Hanley. And so we'll be watching that one. Definitely, that'll, that'll be a huge, huge game to keep your eyes on. Saturday, we move to the 13th. Men's wrestling again at the NWCA Nationals. That's second day of competition there. Women's and men's golf goes to Milliken to have their first uh, tournament of, of the year. Women's bowling is at the CCIW championship game on Saturday as well. Women's lacrosse first Transylvania at 10 a.m. You've got men and women's track in the CCIW elite invite at 11 a.m. on Saturday. Men's volleyball at Illinois Wesleyan at noon. 
men's lacrosse versus Aurora at 1 p.m., and we round out the action on Saturday, a huge slate of Cardinal sports with women's volleyball versus Elmhurst at 4 p.m. And then we'll hop in to Sunday to round out our week. Men's and women's golf will again compete at Millican, and then baseball will have its uh, second and third games in Indiana for their little spring break in quotations trip there. They will face off against Spalding University at 1 p.m. and Wabash College at 4 p.m., uh, and that will round out this coming week of uh, NCC Sports Action. Let's hop on over to some championship previews. Just one championship this week, but a big one. After the women's wrestling team competed uh, in the uh, national championship, it's men's turn to go. For men's wrestling, they'll compete in the NWCA championship this Friday and Saturday. That's March 12th and 13th in Coralville, Iowa at the Extreme Center. For men's wrestling, they will come into the NWCA Nationals with 10 wrestlers going, a wrestler at each weight class, uh, and they will have seven wrestlers ranked. Uh, at 125, number five, Brad Rosen. At 133, number one, Robbie Preeson. Possible lookout for another national champion on the men's wrestling side. At 157, number eight, Cole Cervantes. At 165, number five, Rafael Roman. At 184, number seven, Brock Montford. Uh, at 197, number five, Cody Baldridge. And at 285, number seven, Ben Bergen. Uh, and then the other wrestlers rounding out the team uh, will be Andy Piotrowski at uh, 141, Colin Mohena at 149, uh, and, and Jordan Chisholm at uh, 174. That'll be the total 10 wrestlers for the Cardinals action this coming weekend. And the latter three obviously go into the tournament unranked, unranked yes, but still have a great opportunity to uh win a national championship or get on the podium, which is a huge accomplishment in wrestling as well, should never be scoffed at when you're on the national podium. Absolutely not. But, yeah, that's what's coming up this week. Uh, the big one that's coming coming at us is the Men's National Championship for Wrestling. That's what we're looking forward to. I will be there, so I will be able to recap this very extensively uh, next week on the Cardinal Podcast. And speaking of next week on the Cardinal Podcast, that's what we're looking forward to now because yep. this episode is just about over. Uh, thanks for joining us on another edition of the Cardinal Podcast. We had another great time. We very much enjoyed our interview uh, with head coach Ryan Jump. But like you said before, Ryan, let us know what you want to hear. Uh, message us on Twitter, uh, add us on Twitter, at WONC Sports. Uh, like, subscribe, subscribe, unsubscribe, whatever that people tell do to podcasts. Yeah. Tell your mom, Keep tell listening. your dad. Yeah. Keep listening. Keep listening to the Cardinal Podcast. Uh, we're having a great time here. We love doing this for you guys. It's It's been so great so far. Yeah, I think one of my favorite things about doing this podcast so far is I am much more in tune to not only the sports that we broadcast here on the, on the station, but all of the sports. And I, I, I think that it's important that we bring that light to it. And that's the reason we do the Cardinal Podcast is so that all the sports here at North Central have an equal platform and so that everybody uh, can understand just how great the athletics department here is is at North Central. And it is that so great. So for another edition of the Cardinal Podcast, I'm Lucas Burris. You were? Ryan Sartori. Bird out, my friend. Bird out. We'll see you next week.